Playing Politics is partnership between the uh, Star Tribune editorial board and WCCO Radio. It's been taking place for a long, long time on this show for a number of years. Chad Hartman here with you, joined by Patricia Lopez and John Rash from the Star Tribune. Glad to have you both on board. Pat, I'm going to start with you this time because you cover Mm -hmm. the Capitol so closely. I don't remember the last time we had a spending gap even close to this between the Republicans and Democrats regarding spending of education. House Democrats mm-hmm. this week unveiled a package that would spend more than $3 billion, I repeat, $3 billion over three years, while Senate Republicans' plan totals $30 million. Do, do you remember this disparity before? And how are they going to meet somewhere in the middle on this one, considering the Republicans are at $30 million and the Democrats yeah. are at $3 billion? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's worth pointing out that the state has seldom been in this kind of position before. We are awash in money, yes. much of it federal. Um, so it, it is a, an anomaly. It's, not, it's probably not going to be repeated ever again. Um, the, the other thing that's important to remember is that this is not a budget year. Nobody has to do anything um, in terms of $3 billion, $30 million. Um, it, it, This is a year where typically they do bonding requests. And because they have so much money, you know, it feels like a budget year, but it's not. So nothing's going to happen if, um, if they adjourn without taking any action. So that, that I think, actually um, uh, serves uh, against the cause of, of, you know, finding common ground and meeting in the middle, because there's not a whole lot that's driving them um, to that at this point. I, I think they both have, you know, separate points they want to make. Um, you know, Democrats want to do a lot on education uh, to the exclusion, it appears, of the um, checks, the, the rebate uh, tax checks that Walt would like to send out. Um, and obviously, you know, the um, uh, the Senate Republicans would like to spend a lot of that money on permanent tax cuts. Um, they're proposing cuts to the income tax and, um, and total exemption on Social Security. So there are a lot of forces at work here, but not a lot to drive them to um, common ground and a solution by the time this session ends. John, when you look at this disparity and you look at the numbers offered up, is either side being realistic at this point, or are they just, uh, to take the term of this uh, this uh, subject that we do, pl- are they just playing politics? Where they're just playing to the base, where the Democrats are going with a lot more than they know is realistic, and the, de- and, and the Republicans are going much less than could get a deal done with the Democrats, as they also are appealing to their base? Because, as Patricia rightfully noted, they don't have to do anything I think in particular, the Republicans are being realistic in that they are willing to not move forward on any of this, hope that rising poll numbers are reflected in November in the actual vote, and that they're able to take majorities of both chambers as well as potentially the governor's office, and that then they can implement their priorities at this point. It's unlikely that nothing is done, in particular the Republican plan is for a literacy program that has had some really terrific results reportedly down in Mississippi and Alabama and some southern states. And um, the Minnesota Republicans want to 
put it in place here, it certainly may be helpful. It may be something that the Democrats are interested in, but they're interested in a whole lot more as evidenced by the different price tags. So my sense is they'll drive a hard and move on to the next year if they don't get anything done. I want to switch this to the national level, and I want to talk about the 2012 presidential election and the two participants in that. And now they both have been in the news over the last few days. I saw a story CNN which raised this point. This is Barack Obama against Mitt Romney. And Obama yesterday, he's back in the White House. John, I'll go you first, and then Pat, you jump in. Obama's back mm-hmm. yesterday looking at 12 years after the Affordable Care Act and cleaning up a glitch and with President Biden celebrating. You know, and it, for Democrats, it brought a lot of energy back and probably a lot of them saying, we wish you still were there. Then on the Republican side, Mitt Romney, who still is absolutely a true conservative, but, John, he's an outlier in his party right now. He voted to impeach Donald Trump twice. He just recently voted in favor, said he's going to vote in favor of Judge Jackson. And he is still massively popular in the state of Utah. That wasn't an election dominated by conspiracy theories or uh, deleting of thousands of emails. Uh, I'm pining, John, for the 2012 presidential election where there were two politicians who had stark differences, not a lot of love between the two of them, but ran a professional campaign against each other, accepted the results, didn't pout, didn't cry, and went on with the rest of their lives in in a very productive way. Indeed, and you look at both of them making the news at the same time yesterday, as you mentioned, Chad, and there is a residue of extremely goodwill for both individuals. And Senator Romney, if we look back at that campaign, not only, you know, is he, in effect, as you said, a true conservative, and one can and many have made the argument that a true conservative would have held President Trump to account for what happened on January 6th and would look at the credentials of Judge Jackson and say that even though they may disagree with some of her judicial philosophies, the idea of the Senate confirmation is, is she qualified? And unquestionably, according to her peers and according to enough senators, she is qualified. And one quick last thing, let's not forget that how much Senator Romney was mocked, um, including by President Obama and many commentators in 2012 when he said, our greatest geopolitical foe is Russia. And Mm -hmm. the line came back, um, the 80s called, and they want their foreign policy back. He was right. If you look at what's happening right now in Ukraine and how it's threatening not just the poor people in that country, but all of Europe and greatly disrupting the global economy. And so Senator Romney was quite prescient. He could have made a great president in many ways, even if people disagreed with his policies, at least in terms of how he approaches politics, um, continues to shine well upon him. How about you, Pat? Um, Yes, you know, I long for those days, too. Um, It it seems like a different era. Um, I think uh, it's it's to their credit that uh, Obama and uh, and Romney both, you know, conducted themselves professionally. And it was a it was a tough race. Um, there was no quarter given on either side. No. Plenty of rough spots. No. 
and uh, and plenty of rough politics. Um, but that was, you know, kind of proof that the system still worked. And now I, I think we have no such assurances. Um, I'm I'm grateful that Romney was able to look past, um, you know, all of the nonsense going on in his party and actually judge um, Jackson on her qualifications, whether or not he agrees with her judicial philosophy. There's no question that she is, you know, qualified to serve on the court far more than some, I would say. Um, who are currently on the court. And, um, you know, he, uh, um, he he takes some risk, even though he is popular in his own state. It's not easy to go against your entire party to be one of only two um, who are yeah. breaking away to do this. So I, I respect his decision and that of Murkowski as well. Let's finish on uh, Ukraine because it, it is still happening day by day. Pat, I'll start with you. We have just the atrocities, the cruelty, the grotesque killing across the country, the calls for a war crimes tribunal Mm -hmm. on Ukraine and Russians just continued vicious attacks. What part of the story is grabbing you most at this point? Uh, A couple of things. One is the absolute horror of what is going on. Um, And we all seem to be helpless to stop it except through, um, you know, secondary means, such as supplying Ukraine with uh, um, uh, arms. But also the the irony of having to sit down with Putin and try to negotiate. How do, how do you sit across the table and negotiate with someone who is systematically slaughtering your people, civilians, in the most cruel way possible, hands bound, shoot them in the head, set them on fire. These, these are not the actions of soldiers. These are, you know, um, it, it is. It's, these are war crimes. These are crimes against humanity. There's no other way to put it. Um, I think it would be absolutely unacceptable for um, Putin to get have any gain from, from this action. Not Crimea, not Donbass, nothing. He needs to leave. John? I think two things are quite compelling, and they're both reflective of Ukraine itself, which ironically, President Putin decried as not a nation. If anyone's proven they're a nation, it's the patriotic people of Ukraine and how they've banded together Mm -hmm. and how they're extraordinarily unified, a nation of Davids against the Russian Goliath, and how strong and well they have fought the defeat at Kiev for the Russian military is looked at by many military experts as one for the ages in terms of how poorly Russia performed and how extraordinarily Ukrainian mm-hmm. forces and individuals performed. And then Ukraine's leader. And, you know, beyond his complete mastery of communication in the 21st century here and how he's been able to spread his message so effectively in uncensored countries, he has been unflinching in asking and even demanding help and to the degree of even shaming many nations and shaming the United Nations yesterday on their inaction and how this could be happening in the 21st century. I think that's a message that deeply resonates with a lot of people. And I think that in a very unlikely way, an extraordinary leader has emerged out of Europe from the nation mm-hmm. of Ukraine. I have to jump in. I wish we had more time, but we got to cut it off there because of the uh, time constraints. So thanks so much, as always, to uh, Pat and John, we'll talk to both of you next week. 
Thank you. Thank you. Playing politics with the Star Tribune right here on WCCO.